Welcome to Women Who Rock, the podcast which features women who are rock stars in life, in business, and in the community. I'm Yvonne Harris, and along with my two amazing co-hosts, Arquella Hargrove and Carmen Herrera, we are excited to interview women from all walks of life who are making positive changes happen for their families, their communities, and their businesses. The three of us are truly fortunate to be surrounded by so many women who are committed to supporting the success of others and sharing their life lessons with the intention to make the journey simpler for those who they are honored to impact. We know you will be uplifted and inspired to let your inner rock star shine in a new and different way. Enjoy this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Women Who Rock. I'm Yvonne Harris. I have the lovely and beautiful Arquella Hargrove and Carmen Herrera, my co-host with me today. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. We're happy to be here. Yeah. Yes. Always great for us to spend time together because when the three of us are together, that means that we have an amazing woman who has joined us. And today, that is Alicia Lee. Hi, Alicia. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on with us today. We appreciate you. So Alicia, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, so hi everyone. My name is Alicia Lee. I am a native Houstonian. I am serving right now as the director of the Improving Maternal Health Initiative that is taking a look at what is going on here in Houston and Harris County with maternal health and specifically with um, why women are dying during pregnancy and after delivery. Um, I also have the good fortune of volunteering for several different organizations around the city. So I am a member of the Junior League of Houston, and I also volunteer as a child advocate, I'm a court-appointed advocate for child advocates, speaking for those who are who suffer from abuse and neglect. And then I also have the opportunity to volunteer with my school to serve our alumni population there. Um, and so really am invested in the Houston community and what is going on and what makes Houston a great place to live and to work and to play. One of the things I admire about you, Alicia, is your heart for our community and for all of the great projects that you contribute to. If you don't mind, though, I'd like to just jump right into something you mentioned um, in your introduction, which is your work with maternal um, health and the maternal health crisis that's taking place in Harris County. A lot of people who are listening won't even know exactly what you mean. So can you help us peel back the layers on that topic and educate us on what's happening here in Harris County? Yeah, of course. So the initiative that I'm working on really started um, a couple years ago. There was an article that came out in the Houston Chronicle that said the state of Texas had one of the worst maternal death rates in the country. Um, it had doubled within one year. And that research study said that in the absence of war, natural disaster, or severe economic upheaval, this was just unlikely to happen. And so Houston Endowment took a stance of, if this is potentially happening in our state, 
what's happening here locally in Houston and in Harris County? Why are moms dying? And what can we do about it as a community? How can we all work together? And so they gathered a group um, of about 45 leaders across the city and this county, a wide range of backgrounds, healthcare, behavioral health, social services, research, business, government, and philanthropy. And they took a year to learn together on what's going on in maternal health here in Harris County. Um, they also had two work groups and they were focused on what's happening in our current healthcare system, as well as what is the experience of women um, in our healthcare system. That made up another about 80 individuals um, who lended their expertise to the project. And they did learn during that time frame that Texas has a maternal mortality rate, a death rate, um, that is higher than the U.S. average. What we also learned during that time frame is that the difference between a black woman and a white woman and Hispanic women is two to three times more likely to die in childbirth and after pregnancy. And there's a variety of factors of why and happy to get into those um, as we continue the conversation. Wow, Alicia, first of all, I just wanna commend you on the work that you're doing. You know, this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I just thank you for being a champion uh, for moms in the greater Houston area. But can you tell us about improving maternal health in Houston? What is the mission and the role in our community? And who do we serve? Yeah, so the Improving Maternal Health Initiative is a community organization that is working with stakeholders. As part of that um, process that I talked about where the stakeholders came together, they released a community plan and they had nine recommendations that came out on how we can improve women's health during that prenatal time at pregnancy, at delivery, as well as in the postpartum timeframe and that interconception timeframe between pregnancies. Yeah, given the scale and complexity of what they knew was needed to improve maternal health, they knew that it would require individual organizations to do work, but as well as they wanted to do collective work together. Um, so they wanted those health and community leaders to adopt these best practices that were mentioned in the community plan. And then again, wanted to see how can we work collectively to improve our health in our county. Um, so I was brought in to help facilitate those collective efforts. Um, and I'm excited to get to talk about them with y'all. Yep, and you're doing an awesome job. So access to information is very important part of addressing any health issue. Can you talk to us about the need for a, a data registry? Yeah, so unfortunately, the data that we have from the state on maternal death, as well as on severe maternal complications, otherwise known as um, severe maternal morbidities, it's very limited. Um, that data comes out um, years later. Right now we are working with um, death data from 2012, and here we are in 2020. And that severe maternal complication data is all from coded data, from administrative data. So it's not telling us the clinical data of what's happening with a woman and what caused her potentially to have these short-term or long-term complications. So the number one recommendation from the community plan was to improve that data collection and analysis on women's health to really help us clarify and to understand the incidence of maternal mortality 
but specifically that incidence of maternal morbidity that's happening here in Harris County. So we've developed a voluntary pilot project and we've been working with leading OBGYN physicians and hospital administrators to create a voluntary data registry that is going to capture maternal death and severe maternal morbidities that are taking place in the hospital setting. In talking with our experts, there are about 70,000 births in Harris County. And they think that between two to 5% of those result in either death or severe complications. But because we don't have that actual data of that clinical data, it's, it's really a guess. Um, we believe there's also wide variations within the hospitals due to potentially where women are going to deliver as well as quality of the hospital. And so with this group of physicians, we've developed this data registry project and we're collecting clinical measures that are going into this database that will tell us the story um, about maternal death or these severe complications. We hope to have at the end of our demonstration project, two years worth of aggregated data that will be de-identified from the woman's side as well as from the hospital side um, that will allow us to see the clinical incidences of severe maternal morbidity. And so we know that this is not gonna tell the entire story with regard to maternal death in our county because we know that maternal death can happen up to one year after delivery. It will help us get a better picture of what's going on in our hospital settings. Well, you know, that's it's really good news to hear that you guys are working on this registry because we know without data, it's very difficult to improve a problem if we don't know what the problem actually you know, is. So thank you for that, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see results. In addition to improving maternal health, there is an organization called Healthy Women Houston. Can you tell us a little bit more about this organization? Sure, so Healthy Women Houston, we took what we call the recommendations from the community plan, and it's a collaborative of seven organizations that we took those recommendations and we took those seven organizations and we really said, how can we improve a woman's health by ensuring she has access to high quality medical and social service support that we know she deserves during her pregnancy? So we didn't create a new organization, but rather we created a vertical integration between these seven organizations, looking at how we can improve that care coordination that we know a woman needs and deserves during her pregnancy and her postpartum time. So I'll quickly talk to you about each of those seven um, organizations who are our partners. Avenue 360 Health and Wellness and Hope Clinic are two federally qualified health centers that are in our two targeted communities. Um, respectively in the Third Ward and Sunnyside area and in the Greater Southwest A-Leaf area. We know that these two locations have some of the highest severe maternal morbidity rates as well in the county. So strategically located those health centers um, in who we are working with. And so we know by definition that a community clinic is serving our underserved community and it's providing that medical home with access to medical health care as well as other ancillary services such as behavioral health, dental, vision, low-cost pharmaceuticals. We really want our women, our pregnant women, to see that federally qualified health care clinic as a provider of choice and for it to be an attractive place that really provides that continuum of care that a woman needs. Um, during her pregnancy, at her delivery, and at her postpartum time. And then as a medical home, she can bring the rest of her family um, to see those same physicians and clinical staff. 
Our right. hospital partner is Memorial Hermann Health System, and they provide high quality care for women at delivery. We know through our planning process and our focus groups that women really want to know who's that physician that's going to deliver with deliver me at the hospital. And so the two um, clinics that we partnered with, they've developed relationships with the hospital um, so that that prenatal care that the woman is getting is connected to um, her time at delivery in the hospital setting. The Council on Recovery is a behavioral and mental health provider that works throughout our community. We know that one in seven women experience postpartum depression, as well as we know that drug overdose is the leading cause of maternal death between 60 and 365 days after a woman delivers. So we are thankful to their resources and support that they provide throughout Harris County. Community Health Choice is our largest managed care organization serving pregnant women in Harris County, and they want women to have a safe and healthy delivery. The Harris County Domestic Violence Coordinating Council is an organization that provides training and assistance for victims of domestic violence. We know that the rates of interpersonal violence, also known as IPV, tend to increase when stress increases, and we know that happens during pregnancy and childbirth. Our final partner is Interfaith Ministries for Greater Houston, and they've created a Meals for Moms program. It's modeled after their Meals on Wheels program for seniors, and they're delivering meals to mom for four weeks after she's delivered. They're providing that additional person who's checking in on the mom and saying, hey, how are you doing? What can I do for you? And then with these seven organizations, all of this and that pregnant woman is wrapped with the pairing of a community health worker. We call her a community care coordinator, and she walks alongside the woman during her pregnancy, making sure the woman is heard, she listens to her, and she ensures that the woman knows what's going on with her health care and what she should expect next. That community care coordinator is also providing social service referrals and resources to the woman, which may include access to high quality personalized medical and behavioral health care, resources to prevent and recover from substance use disorder and intimate partner violence, and the means to address the foundations of poverty, such as lack of food security, education, housing, transportation, employment. And these are all prioritized according to the woman's desires and really are assisting the woman on that path towards self-sufficiency. And our community care coordinators are great partners with the woman to provide that respectful support and that confidential care that we know she deserves. Alicia, that is um, just thank you for all that you're doing and the work through the Healthy Women Houston, the work through IMHH, um, just great work that's being done and, and it's much needed. As a result of recent events in our country, now more than ever, there is talk about implicit or unconscious bias. How does this factor into conversations about improving maternal health? and inequalities in women's health. We know that the evidence um, suggests that our healthcare providers, they experience implicit bias around the same level as others in the US population. However, we know that the consequences of when that implicit bias comes into play in the healthcare sector, that can be profound. And unrecognized bias by our providers, it could adversely affect their communication as well as the care that they give to members of marginalized groups, to African-Americans, to people in poverty, and to women. And we saw this during our focus groups. Our women said 
they weren't heard by their provider. They didn't get to ask questions. They were dismissed. They were rushed. And so what we have been doing is working with organizations to really have them move beyond that individual awareness training for their staff about unconscious bias and really how is the organization and those institutional settings, the policies, the procedures that are there, how are they creating bias for women and how are they affecting the care that they receive? And we know that the work's not easy and we know that it requires leadership from both within the organization and from the top of the organization and are really grateful and thankful to the leadership for those who are embarking on this journey with us. Alicia, can you give our listeners some practical tips on how we can each provide support to the pregnant women in our lives? Sure. So just what you said, Arquella, support the woman. Mm -hmm. We know that unfortunately, women's health has been subjugated to that of the baby's health at times even so much so that the woman doesn't put her herself first and as a priority. And so we encourage everyone and the community, having a baby is a team effort. It requires all of us to support the mom. So the next time you see a pregnant mom or a mom who's just had a baby, ask that mom about her. Ask her, what does she need? Is she sleeping? Is she eating? Does she need food? Does she need chocolate? You know, make sure that that mom has that support and those elements that will help her be healthy, which can then obviously trickle down and help her be a great mother to her family, to her baby, and to um, her significant other. Alicia, I'm 11 years postpartum and I need chocolate. We can definitely make that happen. Yeah, we all need some chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 30 years past, so. Yeah. (laughs) A good Reese's cup will be good right now. (laughs) Exactly. Some dark, good old dark chocolate. (laughs) So, Alicia, of course, this podcast is all about women who rock. So, can you describe key characteristics of a woman who rocks? Sure. I think a woman who (laughs) rocks is someone who provides that listening and empathetic ear. It's someone who contacts you when you least expect it. It is someone who is going to be there for you during the, the happy times, as well as someone who you can lean on when the times get difficult. You're a hero to many in our community. Who are your heroes and sheroes? Yeah, I would have to say that my hero is my parents, Um, but specifically in this case, um, my mother. They, both my mom and my dad have supported me. They've helped me in the decisions that I have made. They've encouraged me along the way. They have been my cheerleader. They have always been present and available. And so they are someone who has been that listening ear and who has celebrated the great times and who has been there during the difficult times. I'm grateful and thankful to them. I do know that about you. Um, You definitely love your parents. That's great. So Alicia, when you're in the zone and you're rocking out, what's on your playlist? I love Broadway musicals. (laughs) I was introduced to Broadway musicals as a little girl, thanks to my parents. 
we would go downtown, you know, you, we would hear live music. And if I have, when I'm in the car, it's on that Broadway musical tune. Oh. I love them. Old Very ones, fun. new ones, they're all great. What are some of your favorites? I'm intrigued. So I love the classics. Oklahoma, which is kind of considered the, the first Broadway musical, Rodgers and Hammerstein. But then the new ones, um, you know, Hamilton, of course, Dear Evan Hansen. There are the catchy tune, that earwig that you get. I love them all. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to think about you the next time I'm listening to a musical soundtrack. Me too. Very impressive. <laughs> well, Alicia, thank you so much for your time with us. We, again, appreciate you. We appreciate all that you do. And we're all honored to be able to work with you on different projects. So yes. um, it's, you've been thank a blessing you, to all of us. Yes, thank yes. you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Yvonne, Carmen, and Arquella for having me today to talk a little bit about what's going on and how you can support the woman in your life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women Who Rock, co-hosted by Arquella Hargrove, Carmen Herrera, and me, Yvonne Harris. Become a loyal listener of Women Who Rock by subscribing wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to our families, especially our moms, friends, girlfriends, and chicas who power us to live our best lives. Until next time, be the authentic rock star you are created to be.